are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. The title of my sermon this morning is uh, Everyday Living. And let me just ask you, one of, those, one of those heart-to-heart honest questions this morning. You know, why do you come to church? Why are you here this morning? You know, is it, is it because your friends are here and it's great to be able to do that? Is it because, you know, you just, there's just something about this place? Or is it because we want to really press into the presence of God? You know, if that's your heart, just to get closer to God, let me just, let me just see your hands. Praise the Lord. See, we want to be able to press into His presence. We want to be able to get to know God in such an intimate way. You know, He tells us in His Word that He knows the hairs, how many hairs we have on our head. He knows absolutely everything about us. But how well do we know Him? See, I remember, how many people here, when you were a little kid, you went to Sunday school? Some of you? That's cool. Did you, did you in your Sunday school sing that song? Um, uh, how did that go? Uh, pray and read your Bible. Pray every day. Pray every day. You, you know that one? Pray every day. Read your Bible. Pray every day and you'll grow, grow, grow. But then it gets really scary, doesn't it? In fact, it goes into the minor keys, which lets you know that it's scary. It goes boom neglect your bible forget to pray and you'll shrink 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 it's like oh i don't want to shrink i want to grow <laughs> you know and it, and, it, and it kind of puts that fear that you know what well, I, I want to grow so i better read my bible and i better i better do and it and it sets us up for a whole thing of works that you know what, if I, if I pray for so long, if I read my Bible for so long, I'm going to grow. But it throws the whole thing out about relationship. You see, what God desires is not us to sit there and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to do my devotions this morning for half an hour starting now. Okay. And, and we go from there, okay, Lord, I did my half an hour, I'm growing. But what God desires is for us to walk in that place where we say, God, I want to be with you. I want to know who you are. Lord, I just, man, I just love, personally, I love going for walks and just spending that time on, out in the forest somewhere or on Millennium Trail and just getting lost in his presence where he just downloads to my spirit and just speaks life, life just so abundantly. Friends, that is what it's about. That's what our Christianity is about. It's about getting to know God in such a great way. And I've got five keys this morning that is going to help you on your spiritual walk. See, my heart's desire is that all of us grow, grow, grow. But we're growing not because we've done our duty, but we're growing because we desire His presence. Can we just start off this morning with, with prayer? And we had one of those mornings this morning with Telus being down and it just messed up our kids' computers and, 
and, uh, and then Action Central messed it up, and somehow I became the resident uh, computer genius, and when that happens, we're all in trouble. But it just kind of puts that stress, kind of like, oh, Pastor, get, get this is not working, fix it. Pastor, this is not working, fix it. It's like, okay. And it just kind of throws you off a little bit. It's just like, you know what, God? It doesn't matter. Lord, we just want you, God. So let's just close our eyes and, and just press into his presence this morning. God, we live in a world of stress. We live in a world of chaos. And God, there's always going to be circumstances and situations that just want to pull us away from what's important. And that's just spending time in your presence. And Lord, I'm just amazed at who you are because God, I've seen with my eyes, God, I've seen people get healed not while people are laying hands on them, but they're just worshiping God, and then, God, you touch them. Lord, I've seen people get set free in the middle of a service, God, where, where Lord, maybe the speaker's speaking about something completely different, and, God, you just minister to the heart because, God, that's who you are. You want to have a relationship with us. You want to touch us. God, you want to just fill us up in your presence. So, God, we love you. And, Lord, I just pray, God, that, God, every single one of us in here in the stresses of the world, in the busyness of our society, when all these things come hitting our families and our loved ones, that God, we would just take that moment just to say, God, you are good. In the middle of trials, God, you are good. In the middle of darkness, God, you are good. Psalms 139 says, where can I go to get away from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I go down the depths of Sheol, you are there. Lord, we cannot escape you. Your spirit, ever loving us. You're with us every single day. And Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come and blanket this place this morning. Holy Spirit, we just ask you to come and prepare our hearts, God, for what you have for us. Whether it be the word, whether it be healing, whether it be just a, a boost of faith, knowing that if God is for us, that who can be against us? God, you know every heart in this place. You know every hair on our head. God, you are so amazing. And we commit it to your presence this morning. In Christ's name we ask it. Amen. You know what? The first key is we need God's perspective, not man's. Everyone has heard the old saying, you can't see the trees for the forest. I love that saying. Because it's true. You know what, when you, when you look at an aerial photograph that is just kind of over the city or whatever, you get a completely different perspective of, of maybe your property or maybe where you live. But you know what, when we're, when we're in the thick of things, when we're in the middle of it, it's hard to gain God's perspective. See, I, I got ready to bring in this ladder this morning. And, and I can see a lot of you, but in the back I can't see. But if I, if I, all of a sudden I gain God's perspective. Wow. There's some good looking people out there this morning. A couple really ugly ones, but uh, <laughs> mostly good looking people. And God is so awesome. And you see, my friends, with man's perspective, we handicap ourselves. 
We walk in that place and when, we, when all of a sudden we have a problem in our life and we look at that problem and we, we face that like this, it's almost like when we post something on Facebook, isn't it? All of a sudden we get a hundred different opinions of what should we should do and where we should go. But I wonder if anyone who wrote those opinions on there took the time to pray and fast and said, God, what are you saying over my circumstance? What are you saying over my problem, Lord? What are you saying over my situation? My friends, God is so big. And we don't want to strive to, to, to fight and to, to battle on this level. But we want to come up. And we want to battle on our knees in prayer. We want to seek the Lord and say, God, your presence your presence, God, is what I desire. Your presence, Lord, is what I long for. God, I need your perspective in, on this very moment with this exact situation. I remember when I was a kid, I went to Scouts. And I had this... How old are you in, a scout, in Scouts? Does anyone know? How old are you? <laughs> well, then what you raise your hand for? Yeah, I know Scouts! I know it. How old are you in Scouts? I'm not telling. <laughs> Is it grade six, Scouts? Grade six? Grade seven? Anyways. So I was a Scout. And, and whatever age I was at that time, I remember going swimming. We did a, a swimming thing in a, in, in a community pool. And there was this one guy back in Ontario in, in the Scouts, and the guy hated me. And I have no idea what I did to this guy to tick him off, but he really didn't like me. And every opportunity he had, he would just be negative towards me. And I remember swimming in this pool. And as I swim in this pool, I'm just doing the, doing the stroke. And he went up on the diving board and he looked for me, found me swimming, and he jumped off the diving board and landed on my back with his knees. Jumped, did a, a belly flop and landed on my knees. And I remember as he hit me, I remember sinking to the bottom. And kind of, you know how you scream underwater, but you don't really hear anything? And I remember just, just crying out in pain as I, as I floated, as I sunk down to the bottom there. And I'm just like, what is your problem? As I got older, and I left for, um, go ahead, you can close those doors there, Melanie. As I got older, and uh, I remember coming back to Ontario, and I ran into this guy again, now as an adult. So we were probably 19, maybe, maybe a little over early 20s. And I ran into this guy and he says, I remember you. Where do I remember you from? I'm like, oh, I remember you all right. I was in scouts with you. He goes, that's right. He goes, you were a real loser back then, weren't you? And I tell you, I wanted to pop him in the face and say, you know what, I still am. <laughs> you know, I wanted to give a man's perspective. I wanted to say, I'm not that scared little kid that I was back then, but you know what, you woke the beast. Then I had to remember, God, your word says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities. And God, there's a principality that is at work right at this very moment that is trying to get anger to rise up. There's a principality at this moment that is trying to get me just to sucker punch this guy, hit him as hard as I can. And Lord, help me to remember that you love this guy. And Lord, you want the best for him. 
Have you been there? Maybe you failed there. Maybe you did hit the guy. Maybe you just tripped up and you put it on Facebook or you're just like, you know what? If I'm honest with myself, I didn't handle that situation the best. God's got great plans for you. And it's walking in that place and saying, God, I messed up. But God, I eagerly desire your presence. God, I need your perspective on this situation. God, would you help me, Lord, not to fight in the flesh, but help me to rise above and say, God, what should I do, Lord? How can I take this? See, there's a, there's a scripture, and uh, I think it just illustrates this so well, and it's found in um, 2 Kings chapter 6. It says, when the servant and the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elijah. Don't be afraid, Elijah told him, for there's more of us on our side than there, there, than there is on theirs. Then Elijah prayed, Oh, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw on the hillside around Elijah was filled with horses and chariots of fire. As the Aramean army advanced towards him, Elijah prayed, O Lord, please make them blind. So the Lord struck them with blindness as Elijah had asked. See, this servant boy saw with man's perspective. We're going to die. We are surrounded. There's no hope. There's no way out of this. And Elijah, in just such peace because he knew God, said, Lord, it's okay, son. Lord, would you open up his eyes? God, would you help him to see that there is more of us than there is of them? Are you in a tough spot right now? Do you have a heavy heart? Guess what? There's more on your side than there is on theirs. If God is for you, who can be against you? My friends, we need to gain God's perspective. We need to walk in that place and say, Lord, I give you everything, God. God, it's all about you. And Lord, I desire to be where you want me to be at this very moment. Number two, we need to pray with expectancy. Sometimes we just pray flippant prayers and we just don't really believe what we're praying. Man, I believe that the Holy Spirit is leading every single one of us in this room to pray prayers that you can't do on your own. I believe God is bringing us to that place that says, will you believe by faith that I can accomplish this through you? And you're like, Lord, that's impossible. He's like, perfect. It is impossible in your own strength, but trust me. And I'm going to make this happen. And people around you are going, to say, are going to be blown away because they'll know that it's not you who did this. God wants the glory. You know what, remember back in the, the New Testament, the Scripture, Lord, why was this man born blind? Was it the sins on his father's side or was it the sins on his mother's side? He says, no. He's born this way so God can have Glory. We need to walk in that place and say, God, how can you be glorified in this situation at this very moment? And when Holy Spirit speaks something to you, just kind of 
shake that off and say, that's impossible. That is what Holy Spirit wants you to pray for. I love my daughter. She really is the apple of my eye. But one thing that we're trying to break in her life is that she could become so mad and so frustrated when she can't do something. Now this can be good. You know, it can bring out that thing that's just like, you know, I'm going to grit your teeth. I'm going to get this done no matter what the cost. But it also can be bad. Because when all of a sudden a circumstance comes up and you don't know how to do it, you just like run away crying, ah, I can't do this, and give up. That's not what it's all about. We took our kids into Edmonton to a place called the Launchpad. And, and, and it's a trampoline park. And they've got trampolines on the walls and on the floors and all over the place. And one of the things they have there, they have this this ladder that is attached from the wall down to the floor, and then they have a whole a pit underneath of it of foam blocks. And the ladder flips. So you got to kind of balance your, yourself, and then you flip upside down. you got to try to keep right side up, and, and it throws most people off, and they go down in the ball of things. But every once in a while, one kid will figure out how to, how to uh, equal his body weight and, and go up there and ring the little bell. So Mackenzie's watching this, and she's watching that, and she's like, I'm going to do it. So she gets on and she takes maybe one step and the ladder flips on her and she falls off in the ball pit. She's like, whoa! And then she gets up there and goes again and she falls off and she gets mad. Oh, she's just getting red in the face. And then Lucas goes up and he tries and he makes it like three rungs and then falls off and now she's furious. Why can he do it and I can't? So she gets so mad that she's like, you know what, that's it. And you, you pay for an hour, I think, and she sat for the whole hour and missed the rest of the time because she was so upset. Do you do that? When you don't get your own way, do you just get so angry and just sit on the sideline and say, that's it, I quit, I give up. Luke 18, 1 says, One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, and he said, Whoever feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly, saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. And the judge ignored her for a while, but finally said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she's wearing me out with her constant requests. Lord says, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even if he rendered a, a, a decision in the end, so don't you think that God will surely give you justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will find on the earth who have faith. Who are you? Do you pray one time, two times, three times, and then just get so discouraged that you quit? Friends, sometimes life is a journey, isn't it? Cindy and I, you've been around here any time, you know our story. Ten years we couldn't have kids. Ten years of praying and fasting and pressing and saying, God, your word says, Lord, you'll give us the desires of our heart. And then finally, the answer came. Ten years. 
Are you praying? Are you pressing in or do you give up too quickly? Where's my note takers out there? How many people take notes in services? You don't, just, just for fun. You just put up your hand if you're a note taker. All right, keep your hand up. I got a gift for you. Oh, now everybody puts up their hands. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I've only got a few left, but you know what? We've got a, a new series coming up in September, and I made up some little books for my note takers called The Kingdom of It's called The Kingdom of Heaven. Don't have that many here, so Okay. There you go, my dear. Can you catch? Because I'm coming. <laughs> All right, note takers. I want you to write this down on the side of your line. Push. P-U-S-H. Push. All right? P. Pray. U. Until. S. Something. H. Happens. My friends, pray until something happens. Push through. Push through in prayer. Walk in that place. God, help me to sustain. Help me to walk through, Lord. Number three. My throat's not quite back yet. I'm starting to struggle a little here. We need to develop our potential. I was reading a little story on the internet, and I want to research a little bit to make sure they're true before I share them. And people say that the koi fish will grow according to the size of the tank. It could be, if it's in a bowl, it could be four inches, and it's not going to grow bigger than four inches. But if it goes into a pond, it can go up to 42 inches. And I read that, and I found out that there's truth in there, but that's also a false. It's truth in there because if it's in a little bowl, it can't grow any farther. And what happens is it starts to grow on the inside, but it stunts the growth on the outside because of the water conditions, and then it dies prematurely. But when it has a big area, it's got the ability for its body to be able to grow with it, and it expand for it, and a, a koi fish can live many years, if I remember right, it was around 15 years for a fish, or, or even longer, I can't remember. What condition are you living in? Is it one filled with faith, not just knowing, but believing that God is for you, who can be against? Or are you finding that the environment that you're living in is stunting your growth as a believer? My friends, I'm here to remind you this morning, the greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Came against another story is called, that, 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 that said that this, this ice factory was on fire. And there was enough H2O in this building to be able to put the fire out, but the ice the water was in a frozen state. So the whole building ended up burning down. Even though they had the right supplies, it was not in the right, uh, uh, what do they call that, the right element. That could be like us too. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us. But if we don't exercise that faith, and we just sit and enjoy, God's like, you know what, I've given you everything that I have but your growth has been stunted. And I want you to be able to, to develop the potential that I've, been able to, that I've placed upon you. You know what? I was listening to one of my very first sermons. 
And one of my very first sermons, I had it on cassette tape, and it was called Faster Than a Fax. And I was talking about prayer and how, how fax machines have changed our world and how I can write down a note and fax it over somewhere far away and they can have the same information instantly. It was a brilliant message. <laughs> but now that I've been preaching for 20 years, I'm like, oh, I wouldn't have done that today. Oh, and you know what? We got this man here, Hayward, who's been preaching longer than me. And when Hayward preaches, I just love listening to the wisdom that he's got. Because why? He's exercised his potential. And you know what? There's people who've come up to me in this service and says, you know what? You're a good preacher, but I really like Hayward. <laughs> and my answer is always, that's awesome. I'm not jealous at all because I love this guy. And guess what? I like Hayward too. My friends, develop your potential. What are the dreams that God has placed inside your heart? What are, what are the, the things that Holy Spirit, that you, you, you wake up in the morning, you're just like, oh man, this is exciting. Are you developing it? Or has it just gone stagnant? My heart's desire to see the body of Christ equipped for what God has. Man, I tell you right now, I'm glad our church is growing, but I'm not interested in growing our church. I want to see you guys equipped, you guys free, and you guys walking in the things that God has for you. I want to see the body of Christ grow. I want to see people come into salvation. Man, when I hear you guys tell me, oh, I led someone to Christ the other day, I love those stories. And they decided to go to the Alliance Church, great. Bless them. It doesn't matter. We had a life who was in the muck and mire. In Psalms 40 said, he lifted me out of the muck and mire. He placed my feet upon a rock and made my footsteps firm. That's what's important. Man, where's, where's young Caleb? Where's, where's Caleb? Heading off to Bible college, bro. I'm so proud of you. I'm going to be praying for you. When do you leave? 27th of August? So that's like, this is your last Sunday then? Get over, come on up here, come on up here. You should be scared. I pulled out a ladder today. Who knows what else I'm going to do? So this Caleb, Caleb's been, uh, how long have you been coming to our church for now? Two, three years? Two, three years. Yeah? And he's just got a heart's desire to follow the call of God in his life and go to Bible college. Now I know that the Bible college Northwest, I'm one of the board members on the Bible college, by the way, so I'll be paying attention okay. to you, all right? <laughs> and, and I know that they're going to send us a little picture, with a little picture of you with a little thing that says... Uh, Bible College and what, what year it is, and we're going to put that on our, on our cork board at the back there. And I just want you guys to remember, just say, you know what, Holy Spirit, I just pray that you'll bring this man to my heart from time to time, and Lord, I commit to praying for him. Amen? So Lord, I thank you for Caleb. 
And God, he's in three days heading off to Edmonton to be able to embark in a journey that you're calling him to. And Lord, I'm so proud of him. I'm so proud, God, that he's going to be able to go there and say, God, here I am, use me. And Lord, I just pray that you open up so many doors. I just pray, God, that this young man would learn and grow and study. And I just pray, God, that you'd fill him with your spirit. In Christ's name we ask it. Amen. Amen. Love you, man. That's right. Afterwards, our debit's down. So afterwards, take a mint full of cash and bless him. You know what? He's going off, and I know what it's like to be a, be a kid in Bible college. Where you're, I was so mad one Christmas I went home, and all I ate like for a month or two was craft dinner every day. And I went home, and my mom thought for Christmas it would be a good joke to wrap up craft dinner. I was so mad. I failed this whole gate God's perspective thing. You know, I just kind of said, are you serious? It's Christmas Day. I was just angry. And she's just like, it was a joke. I don't know where Mackenzie gets it from. Probably you, Sydney. (laughs) What's activated in your life? God released the potential. I desire to grow in the Holy Spirit because God has made you for great plans. You know, I remember... We, uh, when we first moved to Cold Lake, we had a neighbor, and he got his license taken away for DUI. And he had this Mustang GT. And he would have this out in the driveway, and he would just long to be in this car. So he would get drinking, and then he'd get into the car, and then he would sit in the driveway and just floor the gas pedal. So it'd be like 2 o'clock in the morning, and you hear, I wonder what my throat's giving out, eh? And it's just kind of like, I was just like, what is that guy doing? He's not going anywhere. The Mustang, the pony wanted to run, but was unable to. What's inside of you? That's just screaming to run. That's just screaming to be driven. That's a high-performance vehicle but yet it's just sitting there in a parking lot, stopped. Fourth, is remember that you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit and not pickle juice. Be positive. We live in a world of negativity and we need to constantly remind ourselves. Romans 12, 2 says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. There is a battle going on for our minds. There's been books written, Joyce Myers, Battlefield of the Mind, that says, you know what? Take captive of every thought and make it subjective to Christ. Thoughts are going to come in there, and it's just kind of like, Lord, is this you or not? Well, does it line up with Scripture? You know, if all of a sudden a thought comes in there and it's like, you know what, I just blah, da, 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 and it's just one of those negative, nasty thoughts, I can guarantee you it's not from God. And we need to walk in that place and say, God, that's not what you're speaking to me right now. So Lord, I just take that and I give it to you. Lord, that kid who's now a man who jumped on my back in scouts, Lord, I don't hold any bitterness towards him today. 
I don't know where he is, but God, maybe he's a, maybe he's a pastor somewhere. Maybe he found you. And God, he's serving you. And Lord, I just pray that you bless him. My friends, how do you handle situations? If you take a look at little boy David the shepherd, and he comes out to feed his brothers, and he sees this giant that comes against the land and is tormenting everybody, and everybody's running and hiding every time Goliath steps out. David had a choice to make, didn't he? David could have walked in that place and hid and said, oh my goodness, that giant is too big. But instead, David stood in that place and said, oh my goodness, that head is so big I can't miss. It's a completely different perspective. If you're positive, you're going to stand out. People are going to notice that there's something different about you. You attract what you are. So don't give up becoming depressed. This is never going to work. But remember who bought you with a price, who paid the price through his spirit. Amen? My friends, we are filled with God. We have everything at our disposal. And we need to walk in that place and say, God, I trust you. And Lord, even though this circumstance and this situation is grim, God, I know that you've got me right here in the palm of your hand, and I trust you, Lord. It's a completely different mind process. It's a completely different way of thinking. And lastly, expect God's provisions. Denny Duran said that they, as kids, they were, so, they were as broke as the Ten Commandments. His dad would get groceries, and, and he's told us this story that his dad would, would pick out some stuff, and some bulk stuff, and get the whole thing. And he would start to speak in tongues. And as, as a little boy, he'd say, Dad, wait, what are you doing? He says, son, there was a time where I wouldn't be able to buy this. I couldn't afford this. So all I could do is I could only have a little portion of this. But now God has made it that we can buy a whole cube of this or a whole loaf of this or whatever that, that, that thing that he was talking about at that, uh, in that illustration. You know, there was a guy in an airport and he went to Timmy's and he picked himself up some, some Timbits and he got himself a coffee and he went and sat down at his table and he opens up his newspaper and starts reading the newspaper and this other guy comes and sits down beside him. He looks at the guy and he takes one of the donuts and he eats his donut. And the guy reaches over and he takes a donut and eats the donut. The guy's like, what? Like, he didn't even ask. He just reached in and grabbed a donut. That is so rude. So the guy takes the box of donuts, he pulls it really close to himself, and he looks at the guy, he takes another donut, and he eats the other donut. The guy looks at him and smiles, and just reaches over and takes another one donut, and just eats it, and <laughs> doesn't say anything. Well, now the guy is so furious. He is furious that this guy didn't do that. So he takes the box of donuts, and he just holds it in his arms, and he grabs another donut, and the guy just walks by and smiles and leaves. So his plane's about to board, and he goes down and grabs his coat. And when he grabs his coat, he sees his box of Timbits sitting there. And he realizes that he took the other guy's donuts. <laughs> and the other guy repaid him with a smile. My friends... God owns all the donuts. And all he asks us for is one in return.
I remember when the Lord blessed me, one thing I'll never forget is when God blessed me with that truck that I have. And I remember when I got that truck, I had a, a buddy of mine in Edmonton, I was showing him the truck, he goes, oh yeah, that's, that's nice, but, uh, I'm like, but what? He goes, well, I'm just really sick of God doing that for pastors and not regular people. I'm like, really? Do you know that what, the, what I know of in this church? That there's been six people who've got vehicles in this church? Six. And that's something I know of. There may be others that I have no idea about. Why is that the case? I think, you know, maybe our church has got a, a vehicle anointing. <laughs> like, I don't know. But it's pretty amazing to me. It's just, it's just cool. In fact, a vehicle was given two weeks ago in this church. See, our perspective is that when pastor gets a truck, that all of a sudden God's like, you know what, um, I gave away a truck today, got no more in my stock. <laughs> and I gave it to pastor because I like him the best. So, sorry guys. That's the wrong perspective. Like, it's like a piece of pie. If, if I baked a pie, it wouldn't be very good. So if Cindy baked a pie, and I was to cut a piece and put a piece of pie on your plate, I would be one, pie, one piece short, and that is what we understand. And once that pie is gone, it's gone, unless Cindy would bake another one. But with God, he cuts a piece of the pie, he gives us a piece of pie, and there's a whole pie there. That's what God does. Note takers, you ready? Write this down on the side of your page. First, F-I-R-S-T. And this is a little test, and, and I just want you guys to be able to remember this and then take it home to say, God, are you the Lord in every area of my life? Just take these five little words here, and I'm going to give you what the acronym is in a minute, but these five little words, and then I want you to take this to the Lord and say, God, are you first in my life in these areas? You ready? F, finances. Malachi 3.10 says, Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the window of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Is the Lord the Lord of our wallets? Because quite often where the wallet goes, that's where the body goes. My little girl, uh, Liberty, she got new glasses. And uh, I went over before, before her doctor's appointment to see, see that she needed some new lenses. I went over there and she found a pair of glasses that she loved. And she says, Daddy, look at these glasses. Daddy, get these glasses for me. I said, honey, these are $125 for just the, the frames. And I don't know how much the lens of, of, of her old prescription was. But I'm like, I'm not paying that much money for glasses when you have glasses that are, that are great. She looks at me and she goes, Dad, I don't care how much they are, buy them. I said, of course you don't care how much they are, it's my money. Where's your heart? Where's your wallet? I wasn't willing to do that. But when God owns all the donors, he says, will you give me one back? Do we do it or say, no, God, these are mine? I, interests. 
Matthew 6, 21 says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. What's your interests? What fills your spare time? What movies are we watching? What do we do for fun? What do we, what do we just take that time and, and, and invest in? Time is a very important commodity. R, relationships. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. How important are relationships? When was the last time someone was over to your house for supper? And you just got to hang out with brothers and sisters in Christ and just talk about how amazing God is. And I know how valuable time is. And I know that there's just times where it's just like, you know what, I just need family time. I get it, of course. But are you investing in a relationship that when all of a sudden something happens, you got someone to be able to pick up the phone and call and say, you know what, I'm just really low today. Will you pray for me? I'm just really going through it right now. Will you just stand with me? My friends, we need to have brothers and sisters. But if we isolate ourselves and we make ourselves an island unto ourselves, that's a very dangerous place to be. Because we were never made for isolation. We were made for community. S, schedule. Another word for schedule is time. James 2. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food? And one of you says to him, go in peace, be warm and filled without giving them the things they need for the body. What good is that? So also faith by itself, it does not have works, it's dead. Our time is so important. What are you investing in? I always remember that story about the Good Samaritan. And you know what really bothers me about that is the, that, that story talks about that there's a priest and then there's a temple assistant who walk by and don't do anything. I'm like, God, I'm a priest. How many times have I walked by, Lord, and did nothing? Because the blinders were on. I'm so focused on whatever task is at hand. God, would you open up my eyes and God, I give you my schedule. That Lord, if I'm supposed to meet somebody at the Tim Hortons or Mr. Sub for lunch, but all of a sudden something comes up that, that God's saying, I want you to do this. I want you to look after that. That God, my schedule is your schedule. T is trouble. John 16, 33, I've told you all these things so that you may have peace in me. Here on the earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I've overcome the world. When trouble comes your way, who do you turn to? Drugs? Alcohol? Loved ones? Friends? Or do you say, God, I need you so bad. And I need what you have for me at this exact very moment. Rob, would you come? Friends, <coughs> excuse me. Those are just five little tips this morning for everyday living. We are people who've been bought with a price.
We are people who have purpose and have destiny. And I challenge you this morning to be able to walk into his presence and say, God, am I living to my potential? Am I doing, God, what you've called me to do? Or, God, do we need to make a little bit of adjustments, a couple of little course corrections in my life where I say, God, I submit, surrender everything to you because, God, you are my God and I worship you. You are, Lord, the reason for living. You are, God, the reason why I come to this church, God, because, God, I desire your presence. Lord, I want what you want from my life. God, I wish to be fully engaged, God. Lord, I don't want to be a, a sideline person, but God, I want to be in the midst of the game, God. Put me in, coach. God, I ask forgiveness where I've fallen short. And God, I just pray that you would set up other opportunities for me to nail. God is so good. And you know what? We're not going to nail them all the time. There's things that we're going to miss. There's things, opportunities that are going to pass by us. But he's so gracious. And he just says, it's okay, son. It's okay, daughter. You'll get it next time. But it's walking that place and saying, God, I fully surrender my heart to you. And God, I wish you to be Lord of my life. Not just by title, I'm a Christian. But by function. God, I'm crazy about you. And Lord, I want to be who you've called me to be. Would you stand to your feet with me? Just going to ask for the prayer team to come. And if you'd like prayer this morning, let's just turn this place into a house of prayer. My house will be a house of prayer. And if you just kneel at the front, that means you just want to spend time with you and God and nobody bother you. That's cool. But if you want to come and stand before one of the prayer team, we would love to pray for you. If not, God bless. Have an adventure of a week this week. Putting God first and saying, God, I give you everything. Amen? Bless you. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.